everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing, yes, and the writing life. So we're talking about craft and business of Mark, but also just, you know, what it is to be a person. Faces the blank page and asks him or herself, what do I want to see there? Yes, that too. And we have video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. All kinds of, no, the award-winning Jason Reynolds, YA, um, YA author, novelist, Jason Reynolds. What a great conversation. That's my current one. He's up there now. Fascinating guy. Big, open-hearted guy. Honest. It's a lot of fun talking to him. Check it out. That's up there now. Uh, I'm going to be talking to Lee Gutkind tomorrow, the uh, personal narrative immersion journalist writer. Now that's going to be a good one. So that'll be tomorrow. Anyway, they're all there on authormagazine.org. Go check it out. Free for everybody. Also, uh, we're funded by the fabulous people over at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. This organization has been uh, supporting writers all the way from pen to publication since 1955. And they're still at it. We just finished the conference. That was a good one. Big virtual conference. Oh, hey, listen. Speaking of conferences, well, actually, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, virtual conference, it was great. Uh, and if you want to be a member of the PNWA, I highly recommend it, even if you don't live in the Northwest, because, you know, everything's virtual now. And our meetings, we have monthly meetings. Those are virtual. And you get all kinds of benefit. Anyway, they're great people, support writers. They do great conferences. Come check it out, pnwa.org. So speaking of conferences, I just learned, ah, I will be teaching fearless writing at the Writer's Digest yearly conference when? November 7th. Yes, I just learned that today. So I'm, like, I'm filling in quick. So if you're going to the Writer's Digest virtual conference, probably uh, it's the one they're doing. I don't, well, I don't know. They used to do one in New York and one in Pasadena back when they could meet in person. But they're doing a virtual one. And uh, I'll be doing fearless writing. So I'll be a part of it. So if you're going to be there, uh, I hope I see you. Hope I see you. should be good. Yeah. Yeah. Love teaching that. Love the people at Writer's Digest. Okay. Writers, writers, writers. Today, I'm, I'm pleased to welcome a fellow editor, poet, bon vivant, Clifford Brooks. He is, Clifford is the founder of the Southern Collective Experience and is the editor-in-chief of the Blue Mountain Review. Uh, he hosts Dante's Old South on NPR WUTC out of Athens, maybe, I think, and also this business of music and poetry. He has three bo uh, books of poetry himself, The Draw of Broken Eyes and Whirling Metaphysics, Athena Departs, and Exiles of Eden. He currently bounces around Georgia writing his new collection, The Book of Old Gods, and uh, his poetry fiction hybrid, which sounds very interesting to me, The Salvation of Cowboy Blue Crawford, is due out in the spring of 22, so 2022, excuse me, so put that on your calendar, and let's welcome Clifford, Clifford, how are you doing? Um, I am doing quite well. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right up here in Seattle. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this as I was looking over just your bio. Um, maybe this is an unfair question for you. But uh, I've noticed that, like, 
if you're a Southern writer, you're a Southern writer. But if you come from anywhere else in America, you're just like, whatever, you're just a writer. It really has developed its own sort of, I actually kind of, it always bespeaks something I quite appreciate. Do you think it's deserved or is it just, what's that about in your mind, the Southern writer? That's an excellent question. And I've never been asked it. And Ah. um, I think, I think that before it would have made me nervous to ask, but I've, I've, uh-huh. I've been in this situation where they say we, we love, you know, your sound and we love that you're a Southern writer. Right. And I'm not being glib when I say like, that's, this is where I'm, this is where I'm from. It's, it's the only thing right. that I know. Um, right. I think that, and it's not, I'm not trying to give you a bland answer. It's uh, I think that, I think that regions have their own flavor, you know, and I think that yeah. what we have, we've deserved its own right. But I, to to be so myopic as to say like in my company you have to be from the south or in the south right, uh, that was right. never a point because it all it truly sounds better when you have more of a chorus behind it um, right. and so it's it's been kind of a melting pot but I I I mean I'm, I'm extraordinarily proud of our sound but I'm not so obnoxious as I'm going to try and scream it over the crowd you know right right. The sound. The sound. You know, uh, I was. I just wrote a piece about poetry, which is really where I first found my voice as a young lad, and it was really this. It was. I, I heard them like music in my. It's like I knew what the, the poem sounded like before I knew what they meant. Does that make sense to you? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've never. It's really uh, true. It's. Hmm. I, I felt it was true for me, Do you, and so that resonates with you also. Yes, very much. Yeah. Yeah, there was a line from Wallace Stevens' poem. I mean, if, you know Wallace Stevens at all? I love Wallace Stevens. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So you know the, the man with yeah. the blue guitar? You know that poem? Yeah. That long poem? Mm-hmm. So there's a line in it where he goes, tick it, tack it, turn it true, bang it from the savage blue. Just that one line. And, I, and something about just that one line went off like a, a rocket in my head and I just started writing poems sort of based on the, just the sound of that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. It does. It's uh, with poetry. Um, the voice is everything. Uh, and it is being the next. Yeah. Um, it's the, and, and the, the, the way you explain it sets me on fire because I think that, Music, songwriting, and poetry are so closely related that to, yep. to say that they're not is kind of ludicrous. But it's yep. the, the melody. Like it's the people yep. want to rush, I think, in poetry for that inline rhyme, when really yep. the precious gems are in the internal line. Like how do you make that music happen? So I absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, so let's back up. So uh, you, you're writing. You're a grown man now, wandering around Georgia writing poetry. <laughs> but once upon a time, you were just a kid playing in a sandbox. And so when did you, when did you discover that writing was of interest to you on any level? I mean, you know, and I, well, by the way, when you're a kid, cause I, that's the average age is nine. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but that's when it usually hits most people. How about you? I was 10. I was, I'm a late bloomer <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I abhorred school. I was having this discussion uh, earlier today. I, I I did not like school, um, yeah. but uh, and and this was years before we really understood autism. But I began uh, writing 
Uh, and my mom would find my tell my notebook, and I was ten years old. And I came into my bedroom, and she's holding it with kind of this shocked look on her face, and she says, "Did you do this?" And then I couldn't uh-huh. tell she was mad or happy, <laughs> so I just aired on the side of caution. I was like, "Yeah, I did," and I could see this, you know, this relief. But I, I never did it for um, for accolades or even attention. It was it was right. my autism making sense of the world and writing it down. But then learning that I loved words, and that was really my my highway into um, doing much better in school because I could make learning. I, I had an entry point. So at 10 years right. old, it, 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 it decisively changed my life. So this is interesting. So I raised a kid on the spectrum. I've written about it quite a bit. And one of the things I always felt about kids on the spectrum is they just, I always looked at my son and I thought, he's just like me, but turned up to 11, you know, and that all the my... <laughs> So many of the things that I've dealt with, I see him dealing with it just on a higher level. For instance, not wanting anyone to tell him what to do, not wanting to do something just because someone told him what to do. Like that's not enough of a reason to do it. And that seemed true for a lot of the other kids who were on the spectrum. He was going to, was that partly your thing too? Cause that's makes school impossible. Oh, God, yeah. you that, you, I, right? Somewhere my mom just groaned. <laughs> yeah, I have that. I have that. <laughs> I have that problem too. Yeah, um, it, it it is it is, and and I've never. I mean, this is the easiest thing. Um, you're absolutely right. Many things that uh, that irritate those with autism to the nth degree. No one likes like being suddenly right. touched or jumped at or yelled at or like right. it's just it's ramped up to the point that you know it, it, it's hypersensitivity, and so. Yeah. In all of my writing, um, even when I didn't know that's what I was doing, um, in fact, my, my, I, was, I was officially diagnosed autist, autistic because of my writing and the way that I, I observe things. I'm trying to figure things out. That uh-huh. uh, a brilliant doctor said, no, this is – and it, the diagnosis didn't scare me. Like, it, it's given right. me this tremendous peace and understanding on how to, how to move forward. So it is – and writing has been a critical part of making the world make sense to me to be at ease in it. I, I, I firmly hold to the belief, I don't even like the word diagnosis, because I think what we call autism is an orientation. It is simply a view of the world that I yeah. think it's evolution. I think it's evolutionary. I do. And I think it forces us to look at what it means to be human differently. And I think only the good has come of it. It makes it harder to be a parent, but tough shit. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> like, that is not I reason enough to give it a diagnosis. Does that make sense? <laughs> what do you think of that? Yeah, I think I think this is this is the best one of the best moments of my life. It is. It's, it's um, it's it's. it's I had never knew it'd be this easy. Um, it, it the the I it it is. I think it and it's it's a much different. It's a different. It's a slanted observation of yeah. a world that's askew anyway. Um, yeah. I I think that to have, I think that to, I I agree the same way. I'm extraordinarily careful about the way that I talk about this, and I I, I can't thank yeah. you enough for bringing it up this way and that. Yeah. The diagnosis, it, to, to pigeonhole people in any way, shape, form, or fashion is always disastrous. Um, I think that uh, from my experience, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak as from a doctor or a specialist, but there are many that with autism that are misdiagnosed as manic or bipolar because what I've seen is that when a, someone with autism has squirreled something around in their head where we're trying to figure out why someone is behaving this way, we've been hammering on that thing to find the logic behind it for up to like days to a week. But when we quote unquote explode, it's seen as a manic episode and it's not. And so of course it's been very much my journey. Um, Right. You know, to, to, to be, that's where the diagnosis can get sticky and it takes, um, don't look for the easy answer or for, you know, it's, 
sometimes I think people changing, just like you said, it's, it's a, it's a new way. And we're just now able to recognize. It. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I'm all for it actually. As challenging as it can be. I mean, and one of the things I love about kids on the spectrum, which as a writer makes perfect sense to me, is like, look, man, I got to do my thing. And as a writer, no, I need to, it, the motivation has to come from the inside out. Like, they're going to come points where I'm, I have been given lately. I've had enough success that sometimes people ask me to write things, but usually no one's asking me to write anything and I write it and then find someone to publish it. And so you've got to be able to do that. Do something on your own. Be okay. Being on your yeah. own, let the motivation come from within. And that's the way these kids are oriented and way adults are oriented. And so in that way, it must've yep. maybe served you in your writing in terms of self-motivation. Oh, they're, they're, they're absolutely. Um, people say that, you know, to maybe make themselves feel better, but I mean, it, it's many times true. If you were given this cosmic, you know, somehow chance to, to, to not yeah. be autistic anymore, I can't even finish that sentence. And it's not trying to make people with autism feel empowered. It's just the, the God's honest truth that yeah. my ability to write has everything to do with the fact that with this blessed condition, I can sit <laughs> completely content for hours. For yeah. hours in this happy little play world and when you do find success and there's an enormous amount of sacrifice in that and i don't mention that to be dramatic it's just you get you don't ever get something for for nothing right. um, but at 45 years old to say i get to get up today and make a living playing cowboys and indians or right. i'm going to write a poem today. and it's and it's an enormous amount of work but the autism definitely allows me the 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 uh the attention and then the 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 focus to stay on it until it's done but like you've probably seen as a parent i do need folks and really good friends to say hey cliff uh it's been a day and a half when's the last time you ate you know you smell kind of bad maybe you should splash some water on yourself um it, <laughs> it's not a handicap i just need reminders and uh, yeah yeah and it, it, it all it's it just you know you have to look at it with a light heart you know you do you do. All right. So, so you, you find writing as a young, young man, as a boy, and um, there's a lot of things a person can write, and you seem to have gone towards poetry. So talk to me about that choice. All right. Um, so for a, a vast majority of my writing career, I did uh, fiction and humorous nonfiction. I okay. was aware of poetry. Um, I didn't write it a great deal. Um, then in my late 20s, um, a, an agent in New York uh, heard me on the radio talking about uh, my novel and some funny short stories that I'd written that won some awards <clears throat> and asked to see my material. All right. And so I threw in the last minute uh, a couple of poems, and uh, when the agency called me back uh, a couple of days later, they said, you know, we, we, we really like your, your prose, but this poetry, that's where it's at. And Bill, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I almost saw my friends pulling my leg. I'm like, who is this? I'm like, no, no, legit. <laughs> And I, don't, I might as well just get this out. This is, you know, this is the, the romantic yeah. truth. Um, she said, um, now, um, Mark is going to get on with you here in a second, and you know, he's going to tell you more about it. I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And he goes, but you know, she goes, just so he'll know, do you have any more of this poetry sitting around? And I absolutely lied. Oh, yeah. I have rooms. <laughs> I have hallways, computers, <laughs> slams full of poetry. <laughs> and then Mark gets on there and says the same thing, and then he says, can you give me 50 more pages in um, basically 72 hours? And I'm like, what? well, I'm in it to win it now, man. And I said, what? sure, you don't want it now? I'll walk it to New York. You should have like, <laughs> And so I sounded really brave in the moment, but I was crying inside like a 12-year-old. 
and it's not to make any of it sound simple. I sat down and I thought, um, how do, why poetry? What is it they like so much? And it was the music. And I became yeah. a poet in all honesty because I, I couldn't do with music what music does for me. So right. I thought, well, I've been given this out of this divine opportunity to do in words with melody the way music makes me feel. So the way that I do poetry, the way that I fell in love with it, I, I refused to read uh, uh, any poets um, at that time when I was writing right. because I was terrified that I would even in, inadvertently sound right. like someone else. Sure, sure. So the, the, my, my, it, was a, it was a fast track. It was a, it was the, the first book took about three, three years to write, which is two books in one. Um, right. And it was a crash course every single day. Um, I don't, and I try to, when I talk about it, I never want it to sound like it's drudgery and I don't want to make it sound like it was the easiest thing I did. And it's a natural talent when really right. they're both true and it's right. any vocation. Right. It's that sacrifice again, but I don't say it to scare anybody off because when uh, you get that brass ring, man, it's, 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 wow. it's, it's, it's heaven every day. This is Clifford. That is such a weird story because I, I, I can't <laughs> think, because right? I, I know a lot of agents. I've met a lot of agents in my life, and I can't imagine the words, that fiction's okay, but the poems ever coming out of one of their mouths, because agents want to make a lot of money, usually. Usually. I'm not they saying you can't off a poem. I'm like, are you drunk? I didn't, I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, I'm not like, I mean, I was as bored as you. I was like, I thought, that didn't, nobody, nobody buys this. You know? And then they, right. that's what explained to me that there was a, a resurgence in it with the, you know, with ah. the accessibility. But right. I didn't, I didn't, until I actually had the book in my hand, I never, I, I, I couldn't make myself believe it. Wow. But wait a minute. But they said we want 50 pages in 72 hours. Did you give them, did you, did you crank out 50 pages worth of stuff in 72 hours? Did you do the, just get the scotch and the, cigarettes and here we go like how did like how did that happen <laughs> there was a lot of crying bill i'm gonna tell you the truth um but it i, I did that's now I'm, I'm honestly glad i don't have the original like 50 pages because i'm sure it was it was absolutely horrible um as, as opposed to what it, it evolved into but yeah i mean i sat down in for 72 hours um i didn't move i mean bathroom food when i needed to eat but there was that attention and that focus you know, um, and I said, well, what kind of sound do I want to hear? What kind of music um, moves me the most? And I, I rarely write in silence. And in, in that weekend, I realized that the harmony and that melody helped me create this magic that, um, that, that means so much 